a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Did you grow up in a home where emotions weren't safe to feel? There might have been some abuse or trauma that you experienced, or maybe you learned how to manage your feelings to avoid conflict. Experiencing hurtful feelings is a universal life experience. We've all had some sort of you know, trauma, hurt, and along the way in your life journey, you might have been injured by some unkind words or scolded by a displeased parent. It could be a teacher. It could have even been kids on the playground at school. Or maybe you even felt betrayed by a friend or a lover and you had your heart broken. As these experiences happen, you begin to build emotional walls to protect your heart. And that's normal. I mean, everyone does that to some extent. And then over time, your walls become thicker and taller and stronger. And you discover that the sting of being hurt wasn't as painful. So whatever your reasons for building them, they were good ones. You built the walls so that you could better survive and cope in your world. And these walls have allowed you to function and not fall apart. So they're not bad. You know, they really served you in some way. And there's pain and vulnerability. Let's face it, being vulnerable feels so difficult after you've been hurt and you associate vulnerability with emotions you want to avoid, such as fear and shame and uncertainty. And when you avoid these emotions, you actually then end up forgetting that vulnerability is also where joy is, where belonging, creativity, authenticity. And guess what? It is where love lives. When you begin raising your emotional walls, you may have felt very vulnerable to outside forces or to things you felt were out of your control. Or maybe your vulnerability came about when you experienced feeling unlovable or unworthy or unimportant to a significant others in your life. But whatever your experience was, it must have felt pretty painful. And then that's when it becomes thick, right? Your emotional walls began with the construction during your childhood, and then it just got thicker and thicker and thicker. And there are many different things that you might have built your walls with. So here's the thing. It could be that you do this with food. So you insulate and protect yourself from getting too close. And then your brain in some way hypothesizes that your weight is the reason that you are not lovable. Or it could be that you immerse yourself in work and busyness and you hypothesize that, well, you just don't have time for dating or relationship. Or it could be that you camouflage yourself to blend in with the crowd with drabby colors and unsexy clothes to keep you invisible. And then you hypothesize, well, men don't approach me and they just don't find me attractive. And you end up either not dating or attracting unavailable people. So whatever your walls have been consisting of, the truth is, is it is acting as your love shield. And really, you are the one that's not available. It could be an emotional level or a physical level or both. But when you put up walls around your heart, 
It is difficult to feel the emotions of others, much less your own. And feeling a sort of emotional numbness almost takes over. And you may have trouble identifying your feelings about something. So when your guard and you guard your emotions and you're standing there just protecting your heart, you miss out on these beautiful aspects of life, including chemistry and passion. You also miss out on having a loving and connected relationship because you'll keep attracting these like almost disconnected type of relationships. All right. I want to give you a couple signs that you might have been building some emotional walls for yourself. One is you don't feel intense joy or deep sadness. Like it's almost like you're just not feeling. It is almost like a numbing. In a relationship, your partner may doubt your love for them. Um, you are almost like an able manager of your emotions so you can minimize the discomfort you feel when your feelings are unexpressed. You engage in self-sabotaging stuff in your romantic relationships, and then you end the relationship before you can get hurt, right? You'll see one little trigger, one little semblance of things not working, and you're out of there. It could be that people may have told you that you're hard to read or there's just like, I can't feel you. You might be getting that feedback or living a single life just might be your preference. With me on the line today is a woman who has built up some emotional walls. I had the pleasure of speaking with her just on one call and over the years, it it just seems like this has been acting as her love shield. And I hope I can make her make a dent and even poke some holes in the shield so that she can start opening up her love life. Bianca, are you there? Hi there. Yes, I am. Hi, Bianca. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, and I told you this off air. I just adored you when we had our conversation and I wanted to find a way to keep helping you. Because you just impressed me so much and how aware you are of yourself. But I think where you're stuck is just how to get over some of these things. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. Well, tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about you and like what some of those walls have been for you and how that's affected your dating life. Yeah. Um, so my name is Bianca. I'm uh, 34. I currently live in Washington, D.C. And uh, just overall, I mean, growing up, you know, uh, you pretty much hit the nail, a lot of nails on the head, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. Growing up, not being able to express your feelings or whenever you do express those feelings, you know, it kind of seems like you're bothering other people. So, you know, now I tend to apologize sometimes when I tend to be open and honest. or, you know, just even in college, you know, I had friends telling me, well, don't tell a man how you feel because he's going to run away. And and then when I tried to, that ended up happening. So it, it was like as if I was creating my own, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My, I was pre- self, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, yes. I was just going to say, yeah, exactly. And you were writing your own story kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I have a hard time um, building a deep connection with a man. Um, I do feel like it is because of my weight. Um, And uh, it's just the easiest thing for me to say, right? Because that's the thing that kind of has me holding back as, oh, he's not going to be attracted to me because of my weight, which it's so funny that you mentioned earlier, um, eating did become my company. 
you know mm. um so I turned to food when I had nobody else to turn to it just it, it didn't complain it didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, it didn't you know give me something that I didn't want to hear it didn't make me cry further it made me feel good so all of the things that I wanted out of a relationship I was kind of getting it out of food <laughs> yeah your relationship with food yeah 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 um so yeah that's pretty much what I'm struggling just you know being able to feel confident within myself to be able to approach a man if I do find him attractive or instead of just hoping that he does approach me and then when he doesn't then I'm like oh man it's because of my weight Mm, yeah all right well we're gonna dive into that in a little bit um because I mean you're you're definitely aware of the connection there but it's also just maybe how it even shows up with men, you know, in your body language, the way you have conversations. Um, what has just lately been your experience with dating though? I'm sorry. What has been your experience with dating though? Like, are you online? Are you active? Are you going out on dates at all? Not currently. Um, I, the last time I went on a date was, um, a year ago. Mm. Yeah, a year ago. Um, it was the last person I dated. Um, we were dating for about three weeks. Uh, and most of my relationships tend to be short, you know, no longer than three months. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, like maybe the problem is me that I keep on having these short term relationships. Whereas, and then they go on and maybe have longer relationships or or not. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, he asked me to be his girlfriend after three weeks. I thought it was pretty fast. But I also felt like we had the rest of our lives to kind of get to know each other. Um, so I said yes. And then maybe about three days later, he kind of just changed his mind. Mm. I was, yeah, I was taken really back by it. Um And it was over a question that I asked him the night previously. And I asked him, well, how do you heal? You know, Mm -hmm. and he just said, I just ponder on things and I just reflect and I meditate. And I said, okay, you know. Um, And then he asked me the question. He asked me the question. I said, well, I have therapy. I have a group of friends. I, you know, try to exercise. I, you know, try to get some coaching. I journal. I lead into God. Um, so I mentioned about good five, six things. And I guess the next day he just didn't feel like he was happy with his answer. And I think it also led him to understand that he probably wasn't even over his ex. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, and then you mentioned that you've had other kind of short-lived, um, dating situations. I'll just call them that. And is there a pattern there with that? Like with the guys you're attracting and then like what happens? Yeah, I think, I think once the honeymoon stage sets down, it's like, it goes away. Mm-hmm. So does the relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I feel like the whole relationship should be honeymoon. I'm, I'm sure it, sh- it shouldn't be. I mean, it's going to be actually very realistic, maybe even fake. Um, for there not to be any conflict but it's usually around the first conflict that it kind of just goes to to poop (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 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 well and is there 
Remember how I was talking in the beginning of this episode about sometimes like you'll even end things before they progress in fear of getting hurt. Do you feel like that was happening to you? Um, not necessarily. Mm. I, I think, yes, it does end up soon. And, and yeah, most of the times it's me breaking up uh, the relationship, but it hurts anyway. Yes, of course it does. I mean, <laughs> so what makes you end it then? Like, is was there a pattern there? Like, does it, is it get to the point where maybe he doesn't give anything back to you? Like, or it's getting too close and that's getting scary. Like, can you pinpoint it? Yeah. Um, it's when I see, I guess what I call, I would consider a red flag. Uh, um mm-hmm. so for example you know the last relationship he wasn't over his ex you know um I put together a dinner for his birthday he ghosted um and then the last time we got down he was just he just wanted to play video games they didn't want to have a relationship so like what are we doing so I just didn't feel like that would just be met in regards to like having that conversation to have clarity in regards to where do I stand what do you want to do how do you want to move forward so that was that relationship the previous relationship before that, um, we got into an argument because um, he decided to quit school um, on the first day. On the, he quit school on the first day of the semester, which was the final semester. All he needed was like three credits to graduate. I mean, three classes to graduate. And he quit on the first day. And I said, you know, why would you do that? You know, you were so close. And he pretty much said, don't make this about you. Mm. And the moment he said that, he was kind of right because um, I didn't want to be the breadwinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to be the breadwinner, and then um, and then I never heard from him again until like maybe nine months when he tried to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but that relationship lasted from both of July. I didn't even make it. It barely made it. Um, yeah, around Labor Day. So uh, mm-hmm. August, last week of August was the first week of class. So that lasted about two months. And the relationship before that was maybe seven years before that. So I oh. have big, yeah, I have big gaps in between my relationships. And then when I do get relationships, they're short. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I'm, I, I, I'm getting the feeling, and I think you and I talked about this even a little when I first talked to you, that the quality of men, when you do date them, it's just not where they're, it's not what you're wanting. Yeah. And I also think the potential, and I think that was another problem of mine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and and in some way, shape, or form, these guys aren't really available, you know, in the way that you want them to be financially, emotionally, physically, like there's all these different things. And and I think it kind of circles back to what you said in the beginning that you're aware of. And you and I talked about this is just really how available are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, I had to think about that question because it was so difficult for me to answer. And I was like, why is it so difficult for me to just say yes in the most sure way for me? Um, I want to be for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm being honest, I'm not 100% available as much as I wish I was. And I'm not necessarily sure 
why that is. I mean, I can always blame my job. Yeah. <laughs> I can blame my job, my relocation, you know, the fact that I'm trying to lose weight, you know, to get to a healthy, healthier place for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just adulting. Um, but I think I, I and I feel like a lot of those things are never gonna go away. So it was just a little discouraging for me to know that I'm not available. I'm not a hundred percent available because of all these other things that are not going to go away. So when will I be available? Yeah. And that's why I was kind of bringing that back. Cause I remember that kind of hit you when we were talking and I want to give you a little encouragement so that you don't feel discouraged because because really what what it is, and this is maybe the bigger question from here, and then we can circle back, is what's scary to you about being available? Scary to me about being available. Knowing that if you would be absolutely open with your heart, with your emotions, where guys could really get to know you, to feel you, to adore you, to see you. What does that feel like when I say that? Uh, One thing that came up for me was I'm afraid that if they see me, like really see me, like take away the master's degree, take away the six-figure salary, take away you know, the nice apartment that I have, that they see me, just me, that they won't like, oh, this is heavy. They won't like what they see and therefore they'll just leave like everybody else. What's that attached to? Where's that coming from? Well, I didn't grow up with a lot of friends. Hmm. Um, and I just figured I wasn't that cool of a person to have that many friends. That's why I didn't have them. Uh, so I kind of just started hiding behind my achievements. It was just easy to do because that's where I got gratification, whether it's instant or delayed. I always got gratification through yeah. my achievements. So it was just easy for me to hide. It really, really started with my family, right? Hiding behind all of that. Um, and it just became my person. It almost became like a uniform, you know, like my, my shield. Wow, what a what a great connection you just made for yourself right now. Like that's huge, Bianca, because think about it. Your identity really has been wrapped up in what you do and what you achieve, not with who you are. Right. Right. And maybe the bigger question is, who are you? Like, who is Bianca beyond what she does and, and achieves and and that, and and maybe that's where the journey begins in figuring out really who you are, because from where I'm sitting and what I've even just gotten to know you in a very short time, you're awesome. But <laughs> I, like, really, like, you are so awesome. And I, I've been so impressed with you and not just with what you've achieved, but just who you are as a person. But I just get this feeling that you don't think you're as awesome as I think you are. Yeah. Does that resonate with you? So, like, I feel like I'm awesome, but I think that I'm awesome versus I feel like I'm awesome are two different things. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm in the think, and I'm currently working with my therapist into the I feel. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and to your point, you know, like you didn't grow up in, in an environment where that was encouraged to say how you feel and be who you are. And did you get praise when you did achieve like in school and stuff like that? Is that the one time you would hear some positive things in your family? Yes, that, that definitely is the first time. Also, you know, my, my, my mom in particular, like she would do the comparison game. So yeah. So like, oh, well, you're a cousin over, you know, (laughs) your, you Mm. know, your aunt Vivian's, you know, daughter got, you know, to Ivy League school and it, it really started with little things like that. And then you just kind of pick up on, well, how do I, how do I get praise? Right. How do I, win? it's almost like, how do I win? And then, you know, my middle brother was like the black chief. And then my, my baby brother was kind of in between. Um, yeah. But I just kind of felt like I had to earn love, wow. even though that's probably not the case, but that was kind of like what my, my six, seven, eight-year-old mind was pretty much picking up. That I would only get kisses and hugs whenever I brought my report card. Uh, it just and it felt good too when when I did get that praise. And it was almost like I just always constantly wanted it. So whenever I failed, it hurt much more. And that and it would go into my heart, and it was that much more worse because I attached it to my identity. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and and that is, and I think this is the loop that you're getting caught in. It's so true to what you said about being like the love being earned. And then maybe in some of the back of your mind, that's what's happening with the men is that like you just said, you're, you're scared that if they really see you, that they won't like you. Like there's some sort of association with having to earn men and that you don't really think that that you deserve it. But, you know, there was this over kind of arching message with what you said about your parents of not being good enough. Like no matter what, it just wasn't good enough. You know, it was a comparison, even when you did get praise. Right, right. So not to beat a dead horse, I think like we've made the connections, but you know, now the question becomes, well, how do you override that? Because really, Bianca, and and I just want you to like be able to let go of this. Like those are just gremlins. Like that's just an old recording that keeps playing in your head and it really isn't valid. It's like a computer glitching and it keeps going back to that. But it's not, it's not valid. That that's your actually, those are your parents' stuff. And they unfortunately probably had messages when they grew up that just kind of got passed on. It's like passing the yeah. baton, you know? And, yeah. and 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 by the way, it was their way of showing love. Like they didn't know, you know, they were not doing it to be mean. It was just they that, that's all they knew. Yeah. And so yeah. at what point do you put the baton down and hand it back to them and say, you know what? It, this isn't mine. I am awesome the way I am. I don't need to earn it. In yeah. fact, you should be having the conversation of how men can earn you. <laughs> <laughs> so you got it all backwards. You keep Preach. putting the right, like you keep putting the power into the man. Like, well, the man doesn't like me. He doesn't find me attractive. I'm too. I'm too this. Too that. Too this. That. That's all your power. right. No. Right. You are Queen Bianca sitting in your throne, and you should be looking at these guys and say, dude, what do you got for me? 
I Who love are you? It. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you just like had this like laughter right now. Like, what does that feel like when I just said that? It felt, oh, it felt good for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then the question probably in your mind, well, how the heck do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you're on this call. And that's what I want to help you with. So, so yeah, so let, let's get into the how-to because this is where everyone gets tripped up. And, and it, I think it was really important to get to kind of the core of where this is all coming from. And I don't know if you've ever really made that connection before of, well, your love shield is really the fear of being seen because yeah. you don't really know the value and what you're worth. And if that's even going to be enough for the man. Right. Cause you're right. It's not about the busyness. It's not about your weight. It's about you. And not until you look in the mirror and say, I got it going on. They're not either. And so you'll keep attracting. It's like a broken record. You'll keep attracting the not worthy guys. Yeah. So let's back up a little. I want to give you some ideas on how to like start overriding it. And I tell people this all the time. I mean, it's so awesome that you've been in therapy and you've been working on this stuff. And clearly, I mean, everyone listening to this can hear it. Like you really have done the work. Um, it's so overwhelming. What were you gonna say something? No, I said thank you. Oh, yeah, I know you're welcome. And and I'm so impressed with your age because at your age, you're really like trying to work on this part of your life. And a lot of people don't even get to where you are until later. So, I mean, that's just awesome. And I think what would be less overwhelming for you instead of saying, oh, well, I got to go out there and date and just get, get, get better out there. Like, what does that really mean? It's too scary in some sense. So I think just working on building yourself up so that you get to see how great you are, where you are letting men earn you and not giving them so much power. You've got all the power. You you just got to see that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, well, because, you know, me, I like to do from the outside in. Let's talk about the way you're marketing yourself. So tell me about your wardrobe. What's going on? And I know I understand the weight and you're still like working on it. Yeah, uh, so my wardrobe, for the most part, is, like, work clothes. Um, mm -hmm. Well, not really, like, because I work from home unless I go into the office. But when I do go into the office, it's slacks and a towel. Um, when I'm home, it's pretty much workout clothes, like, some tights, a T-shirt, and some sneakers or some boots. Um, when I go out with my girls. Or some friends mm -hmm. is jeans, uh, you know, some shoes, I mean, some boots, and either a crop top. I like, I really like crop tops um, with like three quarter sleeves, um, or or a night or a top, right? Um, mm -hmm. I usually go shopping to Express, mm -hmm. my go tos. Um, yeah, express pretty much like that's ninety five percent of my classic. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know your brand and then the one that you like, and that, and it sounds pretty cute, like what you're putting together. And I always tell people, you know, being feeling sexy can look like different things, different styles, that kind of thing. 
I, I, I'm not hearing m- many dresses. No, not a lot of dresses. So like, if I think about like the best case scenario for myself, I want to wear the heels, right? I want to yeah. wear the red pumps. I, I want to wear dresses, you know, um, I've been complimented on my legs before when I was going to physical therapy or like, you know, other times and I don't show them off because I feel like my nice legs don't really match the rest of my body. Um, so I just, yeah, I wish I wore more dresses and, and just wore more, you know, full, full blown makeup, right. Where, you know, I have foundation and contours and, you know, highlights. I, I don't, do any of that I just kind of go out wash my face do a nice look you know six-step uh process you know the the cleanser the toner the serum the eye cream and the the moisturizer and the sunscreen so that's what I do and then I leave (laughs) (laughs) well I look I love that you're taking care of your template as I call it and so your skin's probably amazing like you're taking such good care and that's great I uh, what your homework is going to be, and I'm going to like use the charisma quotient. And for those of you listening and for you, Bianca, if you don't know what that is, I want to like pick something in each area of the charisma quotient for you to work on. So okay. your style intelligence is what I want you working on in ways of, and and I think this is going to help you in many different ways psychologically too, is to really practice being seen. Mm. Because you're telling me that you don't really like to be seen. And I know it's almost like a metaphor. But even if you find one dress in a very loud color, like, I, you know, I'd love for you to have a red dress moment. I'm not going to lie. And <laughs> like, I just, I want that for everyone or hot pink or something that is louder than you would normally be comfortable in. And showing off those legs knowing that there are different cuts that are made for different body types. And it's just knowing the right cut that will balance out the other parts of your body Mm -hmm. that will balance out the legs and you'll feel amazing and you'll look, you'll be more body confident. And honestly, just wearing that dress, like even if it's just picking out that one dress and going out into the world and just practice being seen. And this is where my story starts. And I always tell it, go to the market in that dress go to the coffee shop, go out with the girls in it. I mean, maybe it's not appropriate for work, but maybe, you know, you go to, <laughs> you know, take yourself to happy hour and sit at a bar and just like talk to some guys. And I just want you practicing being seen and really enjoying your body the way it is, regardless of your weight. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, and if we want, you know, if you want to do a virtual makeover with me, we can do that. I have workshops coming up, I have flirt workshop coming up, come to that. Like just start like marinating in something because you have the desire. That's what I love. You said, I want to wear dresses. So now I'm making you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and now everybody else listening to this is holding you accountable. So now you have to do it. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. So that's, that's the first thing is just practice being seen. Number two, I want you practicing now the emotional intelligence. You've been working on that with your therapist, you know, and just being more vulnerable. You just came onto this podcast. So you're, you're actually talking about things and your feelings right here on this podcast. You're doing amazing. Now I just want you applying that to real life with men. 
And all I want you doing, I'm not saying go around and like talk to strangers about your deepest, darkest secrets. Like, hi, let me tell you about my childhood. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is even like as you meet people, maybe go on the apps, start having conversations with guys or even on the streets and start telling little mini stories about fun things about you and and try to incorporate feelings within that. Because see, I think you're so used to deflecting yourself and maybe asking questions about the guys. Am I right or wrong in that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. And so this this is where you get to practice just having a voice now. So you're going to practice being seen, practice having a voice because you just know you have all the tools. I, I hear it now. Your therapist has been working on this. Now it's just really putting it in the application with men. And just And just practice just with storytelling. What, 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 that's a softer yes. Like you had more <laughs> laughter before. <laughs> What's going on? What are you thinking? Um, Be honest. Yeah, no, it's just, I think I'm good with storytelling. I think what, what trips me up is like, when you tell a story about, and at what point do you start telling the stories? Is it right know, away? Thing? Right yeah. away. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the workshops, hopefully uh, you can make it and you listening, I am doing a whole workshop on conversation tricks and how to tell stories and that kind of Ooh, thing. Okay. Yeah. And, and what people don't understand is that they think it has to be this huge story, beginning, middle and end. And, and, and you have to wait at a certain point to tell a story. I mean, sometimes I'll enter conversations with stories. Yeah. Like you could even enter a date and say, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe what just happened to me out there on the way to meeting you at this restaurant and not even say, hi, I'm Bianca. Nice to meet you. So what do you know? <laughs> how many little blood? It's so boring. Like, yeah, that, right. And this is why dates crash and burn. But when you lead with yourself, your story and how you felt in the story, that's when people start connecting with you. Because I really want you working on connection and vulnerability. And that's a great way of practicing it. Okay. Okay. All right. And then you'll come to my workshop and, and learn more, but that would be another thing. And then the final thing is more about the flirting thing. Now I know, I know this might be harder, but let's just practice with some conversations with men and work on body language with it. So just like holding eye contact, you know, smiling at guys when you walk into a room. Like it doesn't have to be this highly, you know, sexually charged interaction with a guy. Like flirting is about an energy, a playfulness. And I want you to start opening up your world, start looking around, notice who's noticing you, and just engage with your eyes and your smile. Hmm. Okay. Well, that was a yummy, mm, what does that feel? <laughs> How does that feel? It feels like I am opening myself up to not just the guys that I notice, but try to see if yeah. guys that notice me. Um, and maybe that would actually, you know, help me find somebody who I can connect with. Well, yeah. And, you know, again, these all pertain to the things that 
are fearful of you and also the pattern of men that you've been attracting because all this time you've been worrying about being good enough for them. But now your energy goes back to you, right? Like, who do you want to smile at? Who's noticing you? Like, it's it, it's it's being in the spotlight more. Yeah. And being more comfortable with that. Yeah. And honestly, I just want you to start with those three things. Your style, your emotional and social intelligence, and each of those things pertain to each of those categories. And if you practice having a voice and being seen and really being that queen bee, I think that's a great first step for you. I think so too. Yeah, that feels right. And besides feeling right, can you name a feeling attached to that? Exciting. I would say even more so clarity. Mm. Because like, I remember talking with a friend. She's like, oh, but you just need to work on yourself. It's like, uh, what does that mean? What does that mean? mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this helps me more so, you know, feel empowered, get up in the morning. I have a plan. You know, I I know what I can do. Um, or at least I know what I need to do. I'll start with. Um, and it kind of helps me. It kind of helps me put myself in the in the driver's seat when it comes to dating. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. And Bianca, that answer was so awesome. Like you said, a feeling, you you backed it up. Why? See, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you know how to do this. I just think you need a little encouragement and have it be like coming from you and not like having permission of someone else telling you, hey, like mm. talk more about your feelings. Like you, you don't need to be prompted with that. I know it was shut down early on in childhood, but again, like it's not valid that that's that that's that was then that was little girl bianca that's not now yeah yeah i'm super proud of you i'm excited for you too and i think you listening can hopefully connect with a lot of the things that bianca you shared cuz i think we all deal with these kinds of things in some way shape or form and i love your excitement too <laughs> thank you so much you're so so welcome and thanks again for coming on thank you for joining me today this has been the charisma quotient i'm your host of course kimmy seltzer and remember you can build confidence make connections and find love from the outside in and if you want to know more make sure you go to my site kimmyseltzer.com and if you feel after listening to this that you may have some emotional walls built up, which is acting as your love shield, hop on a call with me to see how I can help you become more available for love. Imagine getting some ideas of breaking that cycle you have been dealing with for so long in one call. Just click the link you see in the show notes and book it. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. <laughs>